Good evening, folks. Welcome to another awesome episode of Triggered. Thanks for tuning in. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, download the Rumble app so you can see the real news and have real conversations since no one seems to be wanting to do that these days. Tonight, we're joined by uh, my good friend Sean Parnell, former U.S. Army Airborne Ranger, uh, author, Pennsylvania uh, politician, someone who's dealt with plenty of nonsense both in the military and otherwise. He's the host of the Battleground uh, podcast and also the author of Outlaw Platoon based on his experiences uh, over there in the desert. Uh, lifelong Pennsylvania resident and he's perfect for tonight's show because we're discussing America's foremost scholar. Many in the media would even refer to him as a poet. John Fetterman. We'll also talk to Sean about the never-ending witch hunts against my father. Uh, we have some funny stories from when he was on the podcast uh, initially. Uh, I think we share a lot of stuff in that we've been sort of dealt kind of ridiculous blows by a corrupt justice system. Uh, he knows more about the woke military than most uh, and much, much more. I also want to get into <laughs> when we talk about the document scandal, I think we have a pretty funny story. Uh, from when Sean first did the podcast here with me. He was, I think, I think it was like the second or third episode of the show ever. Uh, and he was on here. He was actually staying at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and so when they talk about secure documents versus the Biden garage and stuff like that, I think we have a pretty funny story. I'll let him tell it. Uh, but first, you know, since we're talking Pennsylvania, we got to talk about struggling Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman, who was with Joe Biden at an event in Philadelphia this weekend. And honestly, I don't blame Joe Biden for hosting events with Fetterman. I think John Fetterman makes Joe Biden seem like a Rhodes Scholar. It must be nice for once for Joe Biden to be like the most eloquent person uh, on the stage. Uh, when you're dealing with Fetterman. Just so we understand, John Fetterman's a Pennsylvania senator who had a serious stroke while he was running. The Democrat Party apparatus knew about that, but they loved either his radical policies or the fact that he just signed on to anything that the Democrats would put in front of him because he's bordering on being a vegetable. And they wanted to run him anyway. So here is John Fetterman introducing Congressman Brandon Boyle at the event with Joe Biden, or like Fetterman apparently likes to call him, Boyle Bile. I, it's close, folks. Close enough for senators, close enough for your taxpayer dollars, close enough for someone who could make decisions to send your children off to war or trillion dollar financial decisions that they will be beholden to for generations. Check out John Fetterman right here. To be here and to introduce my, my friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, Congressman Brendan Boyle. I mean, it's his good friend, right? Boyle Bile, Brendan Boyle. I mean, it's almost the same, right? Now, look, I get it, folks. The guy's had a stroke. That's awful. But he still kept on running in the race. And now he's a United States senator. The Democrat machine in Pennsylvania knew about it. Uh, Sean Pornell, who will be our guest, was actually a competitor against one of the other people that was running 
in that Senate primary. We can ask him about it, and we can say whatever we want about that individual, but at least he's somewhat competent, unlike John Fetterman. We're allowed to talk about how one of the United States senators from Pennsylvania is clearly unable to perform his job. This is him at a Senate hearing talking about the recent collapse of a portion of I-95 in Philadelphia. Check it out. Today, some, uh, com some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, on I-95. And if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel, feel free, you're recognized. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just... Um, Really, like the, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know. Guys, this shouldn't be normal, okay? Our nation's leaders should be capable of speaking incomplete sentences. But of course, that's not the case. Fetterman is not alone. He's taking inspiration from the Democrats' fearless leader, Joe Biden, you and I might be living in June of 2023, but Joe Biden is in an entirely different place. His aviators apparently transport him to a simpler time when Queen Elizabeth was still alive. God save the queen, man. Of course, you know, minor details. I don't know if anyone missed it because there was like a three-week-long celebration in the UK uh, about the life of Queen Elizabeth who tragically passed a couple of months ago. But, like, our president doesn't seem to remember that. He doesn't seem to know. He then can't remember which way to go off the stage and his handlers have to escort him like we would our toddlers when they're approaching like, I don't know, a dangerous ledge or something. Even the liberal hacks in the press could hardly cover for Joe Biden and his absolute incompetence. USA Today's White House reporter wrote, and I quote, President Biden's God save the queen man remark after his speech is befuddling many. Yeah, no shit, folks. It's, it should be befuddling everyone. The fact that we're still pretending that this guy has a couple of brain cells left is mind-boggling. The fact that we're pretending that this guy having the nuclear codes is wonderful. You combine that with the corruption around his entire family and the asinine decisions that we are making, putting China first, America last, bringing us close to World War III, you know, minor things like that. You'd think maybe the media would start asking these questions, but of course, you'd, generally speaking, be 100% wrong with perhaps the exception of myself and perhaps two or three other people on Rumble. A Dallas Morning News reporter covering the event also wrote, several of you have asked me why he might have said that. I have no idea. I mean, I'm glad that someone from a liberal paper is at least mentioning it. 
but the fact that they don't take it to the next logical place, which is how the hell is this guy the leader of the free world, should also be befuddling. When he's not speaking nonsense, Joe Biden's just straight up lying to further his radical agenda. In order to grab your guns, he has to say stuff like vans are just driving around cities selling AR-15s. Seriously, folks, this is Joe Biden's excuse for gun control. Listen for yourselves. Licensed gun dealers required by law to run background checks on those he's selling a weapon to. And in most cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, you'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Strange. <laughs> Got a lot of AR-15s, know a lot of people in that world, and that doesn't happen. But that doesn't matter. And that's the key thing to know about John Fetterman and Joe Biden, both are clueless and can hardly speak. They're bordering on imbeciles. You wouldn't allow them to drive your Uber. You wouldn't entrust them with anything. And yet, both are in power to push an agenda designed to strip you of your rights. You don't need Joe Biden to actually know where he is for that to happen, folks. Come on. Minor details, right? His aides can manage that part. Whoever's actually pulling the strings in this marionette show, they know what's going on. He's just the dumb messenger. He's the one that will sign anything they put in front of him, no matter how extreme. And those guys are more than willing to throw him, his reputation, under the bus to get their agenda done. Just look at what happened to a Montana gun store last week. 20 armed IRS agents stormed into a Great Falls, Montana gun store and seized dozens of boxes of background checks forms. Huh, we were wondering. We were wondering why the 87,000 new IRS agents that the Democrat regime wanted to put in place, why they were being hired, and why they needed guns. Remember this a couple months ago? It seems we know the answer. Turns out, folks, 87,000 armed IRS agents probably weren't just there to go after the few dozen billionaires in this country. They were to go after you, your rights, and there was going to be nothing stopping them. This is for there to be a gun registry. That's what they want. The forms have the gun's purchaser's name, his address, birth date, state of birth, gender, social security number, the serial number of any guns purchased in the store. The information is perfectly suited to use in a gun registry database. Okay, no different than what we talked about two, three weeks ago, going into June 1st with the Biden pistol brace ban. We'll get into that insanity in a second, but that's what they're doing. They're weaponizing your government against you and against your rights. That's the Biden administration in action, folks. As long as that bumbling old man is in charge, they will keep going after your rights. John Fetterman will be right there to support him. 
Here's his staffer on hidden video showing that Fetterman would love for everyone's guns to be taken away. Check it out. Okay with like overturning the Second Amendment, probably. I think he would much rather prefer like nobody have guns at all. Was from James O'Keefe's O'Keefe Media Group. James was on the show last Thursday. He's got other big breaking news coming out tomorrow. Uh, none of this should surprise you. Don't forget, John Fetterman's the guy that wanted to release murderers, serious serial criminals, because, you know, what's the worst that those people are going to do, right? But you, if he could abolish the Second Amendment, you would be helpless to defend yourself against the lunatics that Fetterman would love to free. We're ruled by people who can't even be trusted to cross the street by themselves, folks. But they have the power to make it so you can't be trusted to own a gun anymore. It's important to laugh at Biden and Fetterman. But remember, their policies and the policies they're trying to push are no joke. And there's someone up there who's a little smarter, willing to push the radical socialist and communist agenda that represents the entirety of today's elected Democrat Congress. This is a party that will do anything to maintain power over you. They are literally bloodthirsty. Check out fake Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett, a non-voting delegate of the U.S. Virgin Islands, saying, my father should be shot. Not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans, mm -hmm. and he needs to be shot, stopped. Hey guys, they're saying the quiet part loud, loud again, right? No one watching that doesn't believe that's what she would love to happen, okay? She corrected herself after that little slip-up. Do you think that if I said that about Joe Biden or any Republican said that about AOC or one of the radical insanos in Congress that they'd just get away with it? No, that's what they'd like. She can sit on there on a major news station and lie, right? Donald Trump has the nuclear codes. They're out there in the open for everyone at his resort to see. Not that they're under lock and key in a safe covered by Secret Service, the United States Secret Service, right? Not like Joe Biden's open garage or his China-funded pen policy center, you know, to the tune of like 50-something million dollars by China. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure those files were really secure. No, no, no. These were under guard by Secret Service, but they're running around pretending like the general public had access to the nuclear codes, and therefore he should be shot. They'd like to see that happen. They would like that to be what happens to their opposition so they can rule you like the dictators that they are. They will open up the border. They'll try to imprison and threaten to shoot their leading political opponents all for political power. And that's where we are. And that's what we've seen. But before we get to our guests, I want to take one second to thank our brave sponsors for supporting the show. I actually mean that because it takes guts to support programming like this, right? The left's constantly trying to cancel you. They're trying to do whatever they can. They want to shoot, apparently, the leading opposition 
to their dominance over you. But that's why I want to take the time to thank those guys, sponsors like GoldCo, so that you guys can be prepared and prepare for your fin family's financial and future otherwise. Gold and silver can protect your retirement savings from inflation and dollar devaluation. And let's be honest, guys. We see the economic storm brewing. We see the banks collapsing. We see inflation and interest rates going through the roofs. We see all of the warning signs, so I just want you to be prepared. And owning physical, tangible, inflation hedging gold and silver can help stabilize and secure your portfolio. The folks over at GoldCo have top-notch customer service, and they'll answer all of your questions so you can educate yourselves properly. They can walk you through the process step by step so you can find exactly what you need. And it's important to prepare for what might be coming next because, let's just face it, I don't think a lot of Americans or anyone else in the world, frankly, has a lot of faith in the people who are in charge right now. So GoldCo is there to help. Go to donjuniorgold.com, that's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com, to learn more uh, and find out everything you need to know. Speaking of great customer service, don't forget to go check out Blackout Coffee. Again, folks, you don't have to choose between what you believe and what you buy. You're probably going to be drinking coffee anyway. I know I'm on my like ninth cup today. So if you do, support a brand that aligns with your conservative values. It's American-made, family-owned, and again, they support your values. So from sourcing beans to the roasting process and customer support, shipping, etc., Blackout Coffee will never compromise on taste or quality, and they do it while supporting freedom-loving values. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash donjr, D-O-N-J-R, for 20% off your first order. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash donjr. Check them out. I think you'll love it. And lastly, also make sure to check out Patriot Mobile. Okay, with Patriot Mobile, you put America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Guys, just like coffee, you're going to be drinking it. You're going to have a cell phone, unless, of course, you live in a cave, in which case maybe you're better off, but I doubt it. If you're watching this show, chances are you have a cell phone, so you might as well actually support a carrier who supports your values. Not only does Patriot Mobile provide you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, they share your values and actually support you. Patriot Mobile puts their dollars into action every month, donating a portion of every dollar earned to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, the sanctity of life, and obviously, and of course, protecting our brave police and first responders. So for free activation, free activation, we have a new promo code. Go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered, T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D, right? That's patriotmobile.com slash triggered. Check them out. Again, if you're going to have a phone, do it with people that give back to the stuff that you believe in. And with that, we're going to go to my friend, a great all-around American, incredible warrior, great author, someone who's fighting and really putting himself in the line of attack of the insane people uh, that are doing what they're doing, Sean Parnell. Welcome back, buddy. Good to have you on here. Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it, another week, another indictment. So at this point, I'm just sort of getting used to it. But uh, you know, I, you're, you're no, like you're no stranger. <laughs> You're no stranger like to the nonsense as well, you know, so I, I get it. I saw what they tried to do to you. Of course, 
the second then you're not running anymore, it, it all goes away because it was always bullshit. But unfortunately, I guess that's the game we're playing in these days, huh? It is. I mean, and that's what makes the radical left so dangerous in this day and age. And when I was on the campaign trail, one of the things that I talked about all the time, Don, and what I think is right now probably the gravest threat that we face as a country are is the collusion between big government, big corporations, big tech and big media to force feed narratives on the American people. And you talked about Fetterman uh, multiple times during your lead in, which I thought was fantastic. You were spot on 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 everything you said. But but with Fetterman, it's like if you're a Republican candidate, not only do you have to worry about all of those things that I just talked about, like mm -hmm. the, the collusion with all those big, powerful organizations, yep. if you're a candidate, you also have to act as your own media like your own fact yeah. checker. You know, Fetterman used to, you know, campaign when he was still coherent prior to him having a stroke. And you talked about him wanting to, to release violent criminals onto the onto the streets. And you're 100% right, by the way. But Fetterman would go around with this tagline and say, you know, I wouldn't want Red from Shawshank prison to spend his life in prison. We shouldn't live in a country that does that. But no one in the media thought to say like, well, hey, wait a second, Red, from Shawshank was in prison because he murdered his wife and his neighbor and his neighbor's baby so that he can get his wife's insurance money, right? Yeah. John Fetterman and his staff, his staff, right? You showed the uh, James O'Keefe um, video clip of his staffer saying, well, John Fetterman, boy, it'd be great. Like it, he would be fine with just rescinding the second amendment altogether. But among the three of us, like me, you, and John Fetterman, John Fetterman is the only one who's committed a gun crime. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a guy that when he was mayor of Braddock, heard a loud noise outside of his house that was like a firecracker or something and chased down a black man with a shotgun. Not even exaggerating. Yeah. Like, no grabbed one, a, a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's like what's crazy. Like, I, I remember being, I saw that story and I was like, oh, I, like, I obviously was pushing it in this, but like the media did nothing to your point, which is like, nothing. yeah, if you're a Republican conservative candidate, you got to be your own PR. You got to try to get actual exactly. earned media. They will literally never cover anything that's helpful to you or more importantly, anything that's harmful to the opposition side. Because the guy that's doing all these things, you know, yeah. So you chase down an innocent black guy with a gun. You threaten him at gunpoint. I don't know. Uh, some would say, if it was you or me, or everyone, I guess, at least in the media, would say that that was incredibly racist. For John Fetterman, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to pretend like that never happens. Of course. And, and by the way, he got these like huge spreads in these puff piece magazines, like the New York times. Um, I think he, he had a spread in vice was in Rolling Stone and John Fetterman's response to that was, you know what, as mayor of Braddock, I was the chief law enforcement officer and I was just afraid of another damn school shooting. And I didn't want that to happen to the school in Braddock. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, is anyone in the media going to look at the date of the attack and realize that it occurred on a Saturday? on yeah. the weekend when schools were closed he's clearly lying to you he's clearly lying yeah. and and ladies and gentlemen who are watching and listening this is exactly why you have john fetterman in office today even though he can't form a coherent sentence because yeah. even though the democrat party knew about his stroke and knew about how serious it was even though key members of the media in the state of Pennsylvania. And by the way, this is a small state when it comes to political media, Don. Yeah. They knew 
the severity of his stroke, yet they covered for him. And when you had, I think, an NBC reporter come out, she didn't even raise any questions about his about his cognitive status or anything else, Don. She simply said he was having trouble putting sentences together. Yeah, my, the yeah. media industrial complex in this country smeared her relentlessly. And this is why we have John Fetterman in office, ladies and gentlemen. Well, listen, it, it's a, close a guy to you. That's clearly unfit. It's close to you. I mean, Very you ran you ran a congressional race against Connor Lamb, and I, you know, I, I think the results of that were, you know, bullshit. I, I was up there with you. Uh, I mean, we we did something in sort of in, in what would have you know previously been very blue Pittsburgh, uh, you know, at a former manufacturing facility, and I was like, oh my god, like Sean's gonna crush this thing, and then all of a sudden. You know, the boundaries changed and votes came in from places they weren't allowed to. And they were like, well, we're not going to change it now because someone voted. I'm like, wait a second. You know, so that was nonsense. But you ran against Connor Lamb, who's, you know, at least not a radical lunatic. So, I mean, he's a competent guy. Whether we like his politics or not, we can say, you know, well put together, good line. You know, he speaks well, all this kind of stuff. And they still chose John Fetterman over that guy because he wouldn't have pushed for a radical agenda there. I guess he was a former veteran as well and maybe maybe wouldn't have been for releasing hardened murderers uh, or totally eliminating right. the Second Amendment. He'd actually go with like, let's call it a blue collar Pennsylvania Democrat, which is basically for the most part, a Republican today, not the radicalized communist that you see in John Fetterman that wants totalitarian rule. So they knew they had a good option. They had someone who'd previously been a congressman, actually, uh, as, a, as an option, and yet they chose this imbecile with the disability because they're like, ah, whatever, he's just going <laughs> to rubber stamp whatever we put in front of him. And so, I mean, what does that tell you about today's Democrat Party, not just in Pennsylvania, but in general? Well, it it tells you that the Democrats, I mean, this might perhaps be an indictment somewhat of of our party in and of itself, Don. But it tells you that it doesn't this entire debate on our side about candidate quality is complete bullshit i mean obviously look you can't have somebody that's total whack job running at the top of it like running for senate or running at the top of a ticket well you can if you're a democrat because because of all the extra But you can if you're a democrat that's the point you you they can run a turnip and get a turnip elected and it's because they've seized upon election law they've changed election law in critical swing states and in critical counties to benefit them uh but the point i'm trying to make don is that this entire argument which is largely driven by political consultants of which there are far too many right mm-hmm. people just yeah. these political consultants who grift off of politics who just make money off of candidates each cycle they create these arguments internally on the republican side and say and i'll give you a perfect example of what i mean you know in the 2022 cycle that look back at that you know it's like oh well trump candidates didn't do well it's i i say that's com- that's complete bullshit right. let's let's do a quick case study look at carrie lake my favorite candidate last cycle and look at adam laxalt both great candidates both great people i like adam laxalt a lot largely considered to be an establishment guy carrie lake largely considered to be america first maga conservative whatever they both lost but they didn't lose to stellar charismatic democrat candidates they lost to a democrat system that can elect a turnip like yeah. john fetterman and so I, I don't like getting distracted by the candidate quality debates. And you talked about uh, Connor Lamb. 
not only did John Fetterman beat Connor Lamb and everything that you said about him was right. He is a far more dangerous candidate in a general election, but ultimately it didn't matter. Uh, but John Fetterman beat Connor Lamb in the state of Pennsylvania in every one of the 67 counties, including Allegheny County, where I'm from and where Connor's from. Yeah, so I find that hard to believe. Like, is there anyone now again, you, you take the ballot harvesting operation out of it, right, where they go, hey, this is the candidate we want. You knock on a door somewhere in a town where, you know, I imagine the the person opening the door may not even be able to tell you who's on the ballot uh, in a general election, let alone a Democrat primary. But the Democrats are collecting that ballot, filling it in, signing it in, turning it in. Uh, which is, I think, where most of this stuff come from. So, yes, is it perhaps a legally collected ballot? I guess it could. It depends on the laws of the state. But there's zero chance that people could see John Fetterman, listen to him and speak and say, that's my guy. That's the guy I'm actually voting for. Now, you can overcome that by being like, hey, just give me a ballot. We're going to fill it out how we want. We're going to pick the most radical guy. Or maybe just the person who's incapable of being one way or the other, but will just rubber stamp it because... He's totally incompetent, and he'll go along with the Democrat agenda. I mean, I, I see so much of that, and I, I assume that's what's going on there, because there's no way that that guy beat Connor Lamb in every county across Pennsylvania without gamesmanship. Well, if you if you believe the results, which in this day and age are highly questionable, because to your point about 2020. Oh, and by the way, okay, so to everybody that's watching that would be critical of people who question elections— if Democrats could rig a general election, they would. They rig their own primaries with a superdelegate system. Joe Biden won't even debate Robert Kennedy Jr., who by the time it's it's to, to it, by the time debates come, Kennedy's probably going to be in the 30, 40 percent. He's a formidable candidate. But well, he's Democrats already more popular. Primaries. You know, people try, you know, yeah. social media is doing the fact checking on that one. So let me just say, yeah, he may not have more people voting for him yet, but he's already more popular. But again, that doesn't matter. I guess, the, you know, they run Biden, they do this, they replace him with whoever they want. I mean, we, we should be on to something by now. I mean, it, the, the coincidences seem to only break a certain way at this point. I mean, by, and by the way, you see it with Joe Biden. You see it with Fetterman. You see it with Dianne Feinstein. It, none of them, none of them are fit for office. The biggest unwritten rule in D.C., Sean, you probably even know about this, of Feinstein, like, for years people have said she's in, like, a pretty severe state of dementia. And it doesn't even matter. She didn't remember that she was off for, like, a few months just like a week or two ago. What does that say about the people we're told to trust? The people we're told are making the important decisions. If they're not up for the job, clearly, by any reasonable standard, why the hell would any Americans trust the government with what they're telling you? I mean, you could look at anything they've done for the last few years and you'd be skeptical already. Exactly. But you throw in a level <laughs> of incompetence, you know, uh, what? Come on. I mean, look, there's a clear double standard with when you, you mentioned Feinstein and, and John Fetterman, where all the calls on the left to get Dianne Feinstein to resign, but no one's calling for John Fetterman to resign. I mean, clearly there is a political motive behind raising questions like that. But again, I, I'll give you what I learned as, as an outsider who ran back to back races, one for Congress and, and one for Senate. 
the Republican Party, Don, we truly are the party of we the people, which is why a, a Republican congressman or congresswoman from the state of Pennsylvania is very different from a policy standpoint than a congressman or woman or representative in California. Why? Because we represent our constituency's needs. The Democrats are the party of they the people, which is why a Democrat rep from the state of Pennsylvania is exactly the same as a Democrat rep from the state of California. Their voting records are, are they're identical. And that's because they get talking points from four people in Washington, D.C., Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and other party leaders at the DNC. And they promulgate those talking points. They push those talking points down to the representatives and to their useful idiots in the media who then parrot that narrative nationwide. And so this is why, this is why, for example, Don, you have Adam, Adam Schiff, who, by the way, lied for yeah. the first four years of your father's presidency. Well, he lied about me a lot. How I, 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 I'm guilty know, of treason, Sean, which as a patriot, I take pretty damn seriously. But, you know, he could say that on there. You know, the media would love to have seen them, you know, throw me in the electric chair or something like that. And, you know, uh, exactly. I, I think it's probably why I'm out there fighting for this stuff. Because even I, prior to that, was like, I don't know, you know, I'm going to trust the people at the FBI. They're law enforcement. They must be doing what, something right. You know, the CIA, there must be something to it. That I'm, they're doing it to me. I'm like, wait a second. This is all bullshit. It's all one yep. big fucking lie, and no one gives a shit, at least on that side. Well, look, I mean, the Democrats, wow, by the way, it drives me crazy. You saw Paul Ryan go on, um, like, one of the Sunday shows yeah. and say he's not a big culture war guy. While Republicans that on his watch seeded the culture war for 20 years to Hollywood and the media, our classrooms, all to the radical left, the Democrats have slowly but surely infiltrated our institution in, in our institutions and key positions, leadership positions in those institutions. And today, what you're seeing today is the end result of that. And yeah. so if you truly if you truly believe that politics are downstream from culture, then it's irresponsible for any Republican leader to be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just a small government, you know, low tax conservative. I don't really get down with the culture war. That's irresponsible because politics are downstream from culture. You have to engage on those fronts because culture is where the future future politics are crafted and shaped. And, and leaders come from cultural, like cultural movements that surround them. They, yeah. Those people end up getting elected to office. So can't seed the culture war fight. But circling back to John Fetterman, Don, like you talked about John Fetterman and how he was get elected. This is also I think we can't we can't engage in this topic without talking about this. This is an indictment on early voting, because by the time John Fetterman got to a debate, which, by the way, he wanted to make sure that he had a full three months of early voting uh, in the bank before he got on that debate stage. How many people would have changed their vote, Don, yeah. after they or if they were if they had the opportunity to vote after they saw John Fetterman? Well, debate. listen, I, like, I'm that torn on this was one, one of the worst debates in American history. It, it's not easy because I'm torn on it. Because, yeah, listen, I would love, you know, same day voting, paper ballots, IDs. But like as long as the left has a three month long, as you said, sort of, Absolutely, uh, yeah. you know, election day. We cannot compete under those same rules. We must play those games. We must do the mail and we must like 
hey, one day Completely if we agree. get control, we can do this, we can fix it, and we can make it right. Until then, they are laughing their asses off that we just want to sit there and do the same day election days, and we're, we're hoping it doesn't rain so that people can still make it to the ballots on that day. They've had a three-month-long election day. They've had hundreds of thousands of people going on people's doors, people who are low-propensity voters, or people who would have no intention of voting if someone didn't show up and basically say, sign here. They are loving that, and, and, and they'll weaponize that. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the DNC and, you know, and RFK Jr. Like, there's a reason the DNC doesn't want Joe Biden to debate him. I, did you see the Rogan thing, by the way, where he's, he's offering, uh, you know, this radical leftist doctor, Peter Hotz, you know, a, a hundred grand, I think, uh, Bill Ackman, the hedge fine guy, you know, again, a, a super radical leftist, like Bolshevik, Hillary funder and stuff like that, but very successful New York hedge fund guy. He was one of the few guys that's starting to wake up on the left. He chimed in um, during the, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting when he was like, wait a minute. He started going, doing this long Twitter thread when Kyle Rittenhouse happened. He goes, hey, man, I'm watching this thing on TV. And like, I didn't realize that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't kill you know, a bunch of African-Americans. I was told it was, he was a white supremacist. I didn't realize X. I didn't realize Y. I didn't realize he was there cleaning up stuff. And he goes, like, I was just believing the narrative. And he, so he goes on, and the New York Times called him, like, midstream. It was like, hey, did someone hack your account? And he goes, no, but, like, I'm watching this guy on TV. I'm finding out the truth after months of, like, hate crime and white supremacy and this, that, and the other. And I'm realizing that it's all BS. And he goes... For years, for decades, he's a Wall Street billionaire, right? So for years, you know, I've been on either on the deal side and I'm watching it in the Wall Street Journal and I'm reading about it and I'm laughing at how wrong it is because I'm involved or my best friend's involved and I know exactly what's going on and I'm reading it and realizing it's nonsense. But then I turn the page and I read an article where I'm not a subject matter expert and like I assume it's right. But the reality is I should assume that all of this stuff is all bullshit. And that's exactly what's going on. So Rogan offered up uh, hundred grand, I guess, for RFK Jr. to debate Peter Hotz. Uh, I think Bill Ackman actually chipped in another hundred fifty grand to make it happen, to the charity <laughs> yeah. of his choice. And the left doesn't want a debate to happen. Don, Don, I think the number's up to, like, some absurd amount, man. I think it's up to, like, $1.6 million. Oh, wow. Okay, and, so I haven't been paying course, attention in the last couple hours. I know. No, I mean, it's it's <laughs> That was, crazy. like, this it's morning crazy. that I, I, I saw it, so I was like, okay, that's great. Well, a couple things on that, though. I mean, I think this just shows how desperate the American people are for authentic, real debate where we talk about critical issues of the day and of course it's what's the guy's name dr Holtz. how do you pronounce it yeah, dr. I think Holtz. It's Holtz. Yeah. he goes on with this what, what what's this guy's name media hassan or whatever who's like the yeah. craziest covid idiot like that there is he goes on that program to respond to all this because he knows he's not going to get any pushback whatsoever yeah. and he goes on there and says something like well scientists don't really we we don't really debate we just write papers and i'm thinking like are you freaking kidding me? Science used scientists used to show up to public debates and debate their ideas on the merits. And in doing so, it didn't mean that they were their theories were always right, but in doing so, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. They improved their theories, and science is constantly evolving. But in today's day and age, and I talked about the collusion of all of these big government, big corporations, big media early on to push false narratives on the American people. This is why it's so dangerous. It's just yeah. easier 
easier for all of those organizations and all of those leaders, Don, to be like, oh, you know, sorry, Joe Rogan and RFK Jr., yeah. even though that they raise a lot of good points, like they're just and they're just anti-vaxxers. Yeah. They're just, Pops, they're like 111.11 just, just said it's at $2.7 million. Uh, I, I'm reading <laughs> yeah, some of the comments crazy. from my viewers. I mean, $2.7 million. So you're the expert. You know, and, and RFK, he's crazy. He, you, know, he, you know, according to everyone. So, like, for 2.7 to the charity of your choice, like, you should have the debate, right? I mean, you would think that uh, yeah. if you're the expert, if, if we are to trust, more importantly, if we are to ever trust the science again, one of the leading experts in that field should be willing to debate a lunatic. That doesn't give the lunatic a large platform. I imagine Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whether exactly. you like him or not, has a larger platform than this doctor. And then Joe Rogan's platform, if he's willing to make it available for this, have the debate. So destroy the well, guy. I mean, Put the nail in his absolutely. coffin. End his anti-vax, whatever it may be, forever. But they won't do exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, the whole, oh, you know, we shouldn't give anti-vax conspiracy theories any any air, especially on a platform as big as, as Joe Rogan's, and therefore I won't debate. Well, okay, but that cuts both ways, right? If you're confident in what you believe, then that big platform is a gigantic platform for you to advocate for those beliefs and crush the opposition with facts, but they don't do it because all they're pushing is bullshit propaganda. And and Robert Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, mm -hmm. who is who was a founder, I think, of, of mRNA technology, right? Came out today and said this this Holtz guy was uh, not only he was he was deeply involved with gain of function research in Wuhan, and it's like whoa, because oh, they're all, all on sudden, the payroll. Like, Sean. The That's what we yeah, should exactly. figure out. Like Fauci exactly. was on the payroll, everyone was on the payroll. The World Health Organization obviously on the payroll. That's why they were all covering exactly. for China. And that's what's more infuriating. When you see the money going to Joe Biden, to his family, to this from China, you know, the granddaughters on the payroll, that this is, and you're like, what on earth? They're, they're not international business people. They're not, and our media won't even ask the question of what the hell were his grandchildren doing getting money from these random shell companies investing in China magically. Like, you know, again, I've said it a thousand times, but like the Chinese are many things, but they're not stupid. They're not like I mean, us in that they probably don't have like diversity quotas. You know, we need a, a strong representation from crackhead, whoremongering, you know, uh, investors. And, and we're going to give, we're going to find a serious investor crackhead and make sure that we're representing all walks of life. Like they look at us when we do this shit and they laugh their asses off because they realize it's the end of the Republic and it's just starting with its insanity. But they're also smart enough to be like, yeah, sure, I'll give, I'll throw that guy a billion dollars. It's the greatest return on investment to have the weak China policy that they're getting out of Joe Biden. Like, imagine, like, I can't name an enemy that probably doesn't have a Hunter Biden laptop at this point, but imagine what we don't know. <laughs> imagine the things that they have on video that even Hunter was like, you know what? fuck, I probably shouldn't put this one on video. Like, you know, imagine like there's probably a line where he's like, I'm not going to record that because it's a little too extreme. They probably have that and they would weaponize it against the Bidens. And, you know, that would end the payday. So, of course, they're going to do whatever China wants and Ukraine and, you know, whoever else has, you know, been paying these guys for something that literally no one on the left has been able to justify as a reasonable business. So, 
you know, in minor details. <laughs> I know if it was me, there'd be a serious problem with it. Even if we, you know, if we were building a building in China, it would be a problem. Um, I mean, Don, it, Don, if it were you, you'd be in jail. You'd be denied bail. You, you, you would be just like one of the January 6th prisoners, like rotting away in some D.C. prison. No, no, no. I'd be in Gitmo, Sean. Oh. I'd be in Gitmo. They're not giving yeah. me a D.C. prison. <laughs> <laughs> They're sending me to like a okay, CIA black point. site to just, you know, torture me for a few years for for the hell of it. Like, uh, you know, no, I, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get that kind of respect. It'd be much less. Well, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking as you talk of like Xi Jinping going through a Rolodex and it's like, hmm, we need a a, a crack smoking, whoremongering, uh, somebody that's close to a political type. Who do we hmm, Hunter Biden. Perfect. Yeah, it, and, it's and, by the look, way, it's perfect. It's, 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 it's like, of course, like, of course, we're going to give him we're going to stroke a check to him. Like, no business record. Sure. The Shell entity to for, do business was formed yesterday. But like. We'll get these morons to do anything. Like, imagine that when they're talking about, like, you know, the Biden family and the other people there, they, you know, they could have made 30 million and some would say 250 million. And so, like, imagine, like, even in America, like, even living that American dream, like, there's no American that stupid that has made that much money. Like, it, outside of the DC <laughs> Beltway, like, it, it's because it just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? But they, it, Don, they were paying Hunter Biden in bags of diamonds as if yeah. he were some Bond villain with an eye patch on. Yeah. And this man is the president of the United States' son. And, and, and like we're, we're joking around about this, but but you're right when you say I like he is a massive walking, talking blackmail threat. Yeah. Like the the reason why and, and that prohibits just so people understand if Joe Biden wants to push a foreign policy initiative or sanction China or put tariffs on China to, to make sure that the trade is free, but also fair, so they don't take us to the cleaners all the time. Like if we want to bring our manufacturing back from China, we want to manufacture critical medical supply here instead of there. We want to bring Apple computers uh, to the United States as opposed for them being there. Like all China has to do is say, absolutely not back off this policy or we're releasing this horrifying stuff to the American media. Well, but like, and, oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. How about Ukraine? Same thing, the though. Like, we're on the brink of the war same thing. with it's Russia. It's the same thing. And, like, Hunter Biden had a at an energy company. Like, there's literally, like, no evidence of him knowing anything about energy. He certainly doesn't speak the language. He wasn't required to actually show up, and yet he was making, like, six figures a month to do nothing. Well, what, like, what do you think that nothing is? Now, imagine, you know... In the countries that Joe Biden had some say, where all the places where they formed the shell entities, strangely enough, they didn't conduct any international business in a place where Joe didn't have some sort of involvement. Because you would think <laughs> if you're the international businessman they're making him out to be, like, there would be something outside of that sphere. And yet, magically, there wasn't. But again, I don't even have a problem with that as much as I do the fact that our media has not even asked the question. Like, hey, do you think not we're getting all. into World War III because someone in the Ukraine knows a little bit more about Hunter, amazingly enough, than what's already out there? Or Joe? Like, I mean, because that's the only logical thing that could be happening. Like, we're, we're literally, they're saying it. And the closest we are to nuclear war, Armageddon, since the Cuban Missile Crisis, and like, there's credible ties 
to Joe Biden, money, the family, all this stuff, and no one's willing to even ask the question. It's insane. I mean, I don't get it. Well, and, and this is why, you know, China, Russia, our geopolitical enemies like Iran, who have the capabilities to to advocate or push for a Biden presidency at the expense of your father, that's it's 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 the most plausible thing in the world. And the and part of the reason why I know that, just you know, in addition to just being a military guy and knowing how our enemies think, like they want to get rid of a leader in the United States of America who's actually putting up any sort of fight against them. And obviously your dad was that guy. They want Biden who can barely string together a coherent sentence, doesn't know where he is most of the time. Yeah. Um it's just Dawn, it's just it's one I think we live in right now one of the most dangerous times in American history. And, and what I can't quite understand is what does the media have? Like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, well, listen, like, I think it's, it's permanent if, Washington. I think Tucker nailed it last week when he basically said, hey, Donald Trump's cardinal sin was taking on that permanent Washington, taking on the endless wars, because that... That was just the derivative of the rest of the gravy train, right? The money followed the wars. If you stay in the war, you, you sell some more missiles, you get the board seat at Raytheon or one of the other dozens of companies, rinse and repeat. Donald Trump chose to trample on that narrative, to try to put America first. The permanent Washington, on both sides, frankly, because the Republicans have been weak as shit on this anyway. Permanent Washington is like, you know what, fine. Joe Biden, like his son, they can take some millions as long as you let us keep our grift going. And like, it couldn't be more clear. I mean, you see that with just the way they're handling, yeah. uh, you know, this documents case, you know? You, you have Hillary Clinton, like, with hammers, like actual hammers, breaking up stuff that was under subpoena. Like, wait a second, like, you, know, you, you think that's different than... Uh, we'll talk about Mar-a-Lago in a second, because I want to hear your story. Like, because uh, this was sort of <laughs> funny, right? Like... You know, it's under guard of the United States Secret Service with Trump. It's in a locked closet. But that's different somehow than Joe Biden having tens of thousands of whatever documents that I read about, like, in his China-funded Pennsylvania think tank and the offices of that, like, uh, in his garage with easy access to Hunter and all of the people that are paying him. Talk about when you did this show. So I think it was, like, literally the second or third episode of Triggered. You were one of my first guests. Uh, you had a, like a disastrous like trip train to get here. We we're going to do it live and in person before like we figured out all the technology. <laughs> you were delayed by like six hours. You were like on I-95. I'm like, hey, uh, we're about to go live and you're like three hours out. <laughs> so we delayed everything. So everyone didn't see it, but we ended up having a great time. We went late, had a good talk, had drinks and a cigar afterwards. You were staying at Mar-a-Lago. You got back to Mar-a-Lago at like 1.30 at night. Now, you're a friend of mine. You're on the guest list there. You're a decorated uh, American hero. You're an author. <laughs> you ran for the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania. You were endorsed not only by me, but by my father. And what happened when you got back to Mar-a-Lago at like 1.30 in the morning? Well, so first of all, let me just say this. Let me start off here. Like, I, I go down there, and I was super psyched to do your podcast. I was psyched to hear that you had one, and, like, I fly down there. Everything's great. And I, In addition to just psyched to connect with you, I was also, never need an excuse to go down to Florida, right? It's always amazing down there. And you're like, 
you know, Kimberly, I think you or Kimberly told me like, oh, we're putting you up at Mar-a-Lago. I'm like, Mar-a-Lago? Holy shit, man. That's a little above my pay grade because I literally live on a farm uh, in western Pennsylvania. So we'll take that all day long. Yeah. So we're psyched Spring to stay there. Bring your wife. Have a good time. Um, yeah. And we, yeah, yeah. So we get there. Uh, we do the podcast. It was, it was an awesome experience. We just sit around. We smoke stogies, had a drink for the next couple hours after the show, just telling war stories about life and politics and everything, family stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's like 1.30 in the morning. Am I going to have any issues getting in into Mar-a-Lago? And I'm like, and you're like, oh, it's a hotel. You're good to go. You're on the guest list. Everything you just said. So like we get an Uber and we're like, hey, see you later. Had a great time. And, you know, give Kimberly a hug or whatever. And Melanie, uh, my wife and I, we hop in an Uber and we head back. And the Uber guy, like, first of all, God bless him. But he's like, he's like an older gentleman. He's like kind of swerving all over the road, going 35 miles an hour. Doesn't know where Mar-a-Lago is. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be kind of a rough night. It's kind of foreshadowing. And we get to Mar-Lago, right? And we get to like the main gate. And first of all, the gate is like 10 feet thick wrought iron bars, literally like 10 feet thick. It closes in on itself like this. And the guy's pulling into the gate and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I don't know if he should be doing that. Like in the age of like, you know, asymmetric threats and vehicle borne IEDs. I'm sure the secret service is watching this thinking like, <laughs> what is going on with this car? Like kind of swerving all over the place. And, and he goes to the back gate and then he goes back to the front gate. Well, of, of course, like after one go around of that, a cop car pulls up behind us and I see it immediately. I'm like, Oh shit. Um, the guy pulls up just as, just before we get to the main gate. This cop car pulls up behind us. Another one pulls in front of us. Two more pull on the sides, all with their sirens going. There are like five or six cops with their with their flashlights beaming into the. And I'm like, they like wind down the window, and I'm like, look, like I'm in. I'm in. By the way, I'm in like a pink flannel and jeans. Yeah, right. So no, I... like setting the scene here, and I'm like, listen. I'm staying at Mar-a-Lago. Don Jr. is my friend. I know the president of the United States. I know Kimberly, too. And I'm just, and as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, man, that sounds really stupid. There's no way. The, and, they, and, the, and the cops are like, oh, sure. You're, you're staying at Mar-a-Lago. You're friends with Don Jr. and President Trump. Yeah, sure, sure. They clearly didn't believe me. And, and that, so the first thing I do is call you. And I can hear Kimberly in the background. I can hear Kimberly in the background, like, just tell him to say this. And you're like passing it on to me when Kimberly oh, said it. I got it. on like, the phone with the guy. He like actually recognized my voice. So it gave us a little bit like they weren't going to shoot you just then. But yeah, you know, you were on my podcast. So it was like, yeah, like it wasn't like, exactly Mar-a-Lago, Palm Beach attire required. I don't really give a shit about that stuff. So it was different. But you know, Secret <laughs> Service has the place locked down. You know, it, it took a little while. We made it happen. Completely. Uh, you, you, you got back yeah, in. But so, when they're like, so, yeah. Yeah. So look, Secret Service comes out. Finally, the cops coordinate with the Secret Service. First of all, they didn't believe that I was friends with you, but you got on the phone with them, squared it away. Secret Service comes out. Like they're in there. You got uniform guys. You got guys in full kit, like body armor, and you've got plain clothes Secret Service guys. They sh we show him our key. He escorts us in, and and Melanie and I are like in Marlago, and it's like pitch black, but there are guards everywhere. Right yeah. there. The place is on complete lockdown. I mean, the president of the United States, former president of the United States, stays there. And so Melanie and I are, like, sneaking through the Mar-a-Lago, like, main area, thinking, like, we're going to see your dad in, like, a nightgown and a hat, like, <laughs> like, like something like that. But, like, kids, like, sneaking in from high school. Like, how the hell is this our life? But we make it up to the room. But, like, but to your point, like, the entire place is locked down. Yeah. As tight as you could possibly imagine. And, yeah, like... 
and, and so the entire case, when you talk about classified documents, first of all, we have a, we have an overclassification problem in this country. Yeah. Everything in Washington is classified, everything. And you have every president for the last 50 years bringing, bringing classified documents home, tens of thousands of documents, even vice presidents who have no classification authority. Um, and Joe Biden, who is a United States senator, brought classified documents everywhere. Right. He has no class. He, he has no declassification authority. Well, the president of the United States is the ultimate declassification authority. He could point to a stack of documents in the moment and say, I'm declassifying these right now. Yeah. So the entire all of these indictments like th th this is just it blows me away. Yeah. But they're just so petrified of of your father. They're petrified of the movement. And in the in the fact that your dad like this is a really, really, really important point, Don. Like he's he's in a multiple person primary right now. He's already at 50 percent. Like in 2016, he had like an eight person, nine person primary. I think he won the primary with like 33 percent. I can't quite remember, but it was something like that. He's in a primary that's just as big, if not bigger, and is already at 50 percent now. And he's climbing. Yeah. So he and, is. And the problem is, though, they, they want it. But again, this is where permanent Washington comes into play. Right. So permanent yeah. Washington yes. doesn't want Trump either. And that's the Republicans. Right. They don't want that because there's no consequence to losing in permanent Washington, right? You get you get the exactly. thing, you delay your thing, you, you keep getting invited to the cool person cocktail party. Like, that's why they want to drag out this primary. You know, they want to make sure that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars to solidify a primary that's you know already pretty solid, where everyone's slipping. You know, get there, you know, figure out how to attack Trump because they don't care if you get another four years of Joe Biden. And that's what everyone has to wake up to. They don't care about that. It goes back to business as usual. They get to push their endless wars, whatever it is that they want this week. That's why they want to spend all that money in the primary to make sure that we don't have access to those funds to fight the general against Joe Biden, to form the ground game, uh, the ballot harvesting operation, all of the things that the Democrats do when they have their Soros-funded billionaires that are write them checks for whatever it is that they need, we don't have that. So they want to take what little resources we have in many of these races. I don't know, remember what your race was, but you're probably outspent five to one, maybe more. Well, and so interestingly enough, in the run for Congress, I was one of the few challengers to outraise a Democrat incumbent. So, but he still had more money in the bank than I did, but I outraised him, I think the last two or three quarters in a row. But for the Senate, you know, Fetterman had national level contributions from almost every zip code in the entire country, Don. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it, no, I've seen some of these races. It's what, five to one, 10 to one. I've seen 15 five to one, yeah. 15 to one dollar, you know, dollar wise. So, yeah, you may be the exception because you're good at it. You're good at being out there. You, you, you got yourself on TV. Well, you were no. one of the few guys that understood, you know, that aspect of the game. And that's that's real. But, you know, but, you see that and they want to make sure Senate, that they Don. have 20 to one against Trump. Because, you know, there's a point you can just flood airways yes. with BS. That's what they do. There's no accountability. There's no one fact-checking them. There's no one talking about their lies. I'm, you know, you're so much better off under Joe Biden is what they'll tell you. And, like, there's people who will actually believe that um, because they're not I, into it. They're not I mean, watching. Look, they haven't. Hopefully it's so bad now they're finally paying attention. But they want to make sure we don't have one cent of disposable dollars to form the kind of machine that the Democrats have formed collecting these ballots in these states. Because they understand that if you do, Joe Biden and the Democrats, frankly, nothing about their policy is good for America. And Americans will eventually realize that if they haven't already. But they want to make sure of it. And the Republicans at this point, many of them, 
the rhinos and such. You know, you mentioned Paul Ryan, perfect example. He's totally fine with that. He, if he loses and they lose, it's just like he didn't give you the wall back in 2016 when we had the House, when we had the Senate. We had, oh, he didn't, well, you know, I didn't, he didn't want to not get invited to the cool person Christmas party over at the DNC, so we just won't do it. It's too controversial, he said. You know, these, that's permanent Washington. Those are the people on the right that we also have a problem with. Now, I don't think America's ever going back to those rhino America last Republican policies. I'll say Republican loosely because I think, you know, America first policies are very different. That's here to stay. But they don't care if they take you out in the process because, it, you know, it delays their ability to have a little bit more power, a little bit more say. Hopefully all those damn pesky America first people just go away. I don't think it's happening, but they will do whatever they can to hold on to that power, just like the Democrats will. I mean, Don, you're, you're exactly right. And I don't want to give your viewers or listeners a false impression here. You know, for Congress, I was an anomaly. But for Senate, you know, I was having a million dollar quarters. And that's what you need to run for Senate in a state like Pennsylvania in a primary, in a multiple, multiple person primary. But Fetterman in the primary was having four or five million dollar quarters. So yeah. just in th that those fundraising dollars, if you're doing it the right way and your campaign is structured in the right way, you want to say that on an operational budget that 85 percent of every single penny that you raise goes to that you raise goes to voter outreach. You know, 15 percent goes for staff. Right. So you want to operate on a skeleton crew. You want to have thousands of volunteers to help what your father has. But you're running commercials with that money. You're doing mailers with that money. You're doing phone banking with that money. Uh, and Democrats have a five to one advantage. And to your point about how they that the left fights using nonprofit groups and all of these billionaires on multiple different fronts, like the, the Democrats sued my political campaign for Senate, like a, an FEC, some bullshit FEC violation that everybody and their mother knew that was complete bullshit. But they did it just so that my campaign would have to spend thousands of dollars of months in legal fees just to defeat it. It was just dismissed on how long is how long have I been out of the Senate race? Almost two years, almost two years. Yeah. It was just dismissed like like a month and a half ago. So they fight you on all fronts. And that's exactly what they're doing to your father, precisely because they know he can win. And if, if they thought that your dad couldn't win, they wouldn't be doing any of this. And right. the reason why he's so dangerous in a state like Pennsylvania, Don, is because I come from a blue collar union, Western Pennsylvania family. They're Democrats, Don. Those people are more pro-Trump than some of the Republicans in my family. They are his his bond with middle class Americans because he speaks directly to them on a day to day basis. Issues that concern them. It's unshakable, Don. And yeah. so he, your your dad is able to pull a crazy cross section of of voters that really no other Republican is, a, is, is, is able to pull. He, he, he really truly is. And you know, you know me, like I, I am not one to kiss anybody's ass, you know, but he is really an electrifying political candidate and it's wrong for our party. You know, look, primaries happen. I get it. Like, yeah. you know, all's fair in love and war and politics. I think I, personally to me, Don, loyalty is something that's really, really, really important. I think our party would be stronger if more, if, if there was more of it out there. Um, but there's not it. And that's why I think Truman said, if you want a friend in politics, get a dog, you know, but, but your dad pulls those blue collar union Democrats who in 2022 
pull the lever for Fetterman because they believe the media hype that he was just a, you know, hey, look, he wears a hoodie and shorts and he looks blue collar. He lives across from a steel plant. I know this because he says it all the time. They pull the lever for him thinking that he was just, you know, a, a folksy labor union yeah. hero. Well, the guy's never swung a hammer in his life, you know? Yeah, no, he was, listen, I, I, it's hard those. for me to say this yeah. one, but he... He was like the, the he lived in his mom's basement till he was like 40 or something crazy, right? Like <laughs> like he never have a blue collar job. Like, hey, guess what? I have a pair of Carhartts. I've probably spent more time doing Carhartt shit than John Fetterman by a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I understand exactly what my last name is where I come from, but that's how little he had that. But they're like, we'll dress him up and we'll make him seem like the blue collar guy. It's like he's none of those things, but but, you know, that doesn't matter, right? We saw, and I got, I got to get your take on this one, because we saw, like, this weekend, like, you know, Joe Biden had, like, trans influencers who were posing topless at the White House. You know, this is the issue. Remember, they were going to bring decency, you know, decency yeah. <laughs> back to the White House, right? That, that, was a big, that was a big part of their claim. Now, maybe it's easy to be decent if you're not attacking someone, uh, you know, throughout his entire presidency like they did uh, with my father. But they'll invite trans influencers who... Feel free to, I guess, go topless at the White House, but they won't invite one serious journalist to do an actual, like, tough interview with Joe Biden. Everything is, you know, with someone where it's prearranged questions and, you know, he calls on the person who he knows the question's coming from and they're only allowed to ask X for fear <laughs> yeah. uh, of exile. But you know, doesn't that say everything what we're talking about? I mean, yes. Does, yeah, Don. The, Don Biden's got note cards with descriptions of journalists their names and their questions already pre-submitted that he can look i mean can you imagine that ever happening for a republican it would never ever happen in fact the opposite yeah. is true they're always misquoting you or clipping quotes or doing everything in their power to make you look like some draconian knuckle-dragging intolerant freak and you know to your point about the the transgender uh person or activist at the white house like flashing people like you know, the adults are back in charge really yeah. i mean yeah. again the democrats are experts at accusing republicans for the things that they themselves are guilty of and you know your father and this this is why i think he's so formidable going into this next cycle he was able to accomplish more in four years than most other any other Republican president in my lifetime in the face of withering opposition every single day in election and interference, the likes of which we've never seen before. The whole Russia hoax, Don, like think back to 2018, like that swayed that cycle. Connor yeah, Lamb was did. a congressman in Western Pennsylvania because of that fake bullshit. Yet the Democrats have the gall with many members of the media to say that Republicans are election deniers when Democrats, like since every election since the 1960s, have questioned the elections. Kamala Harris, our own vice president of the United States, questioned voting machines just two years or three or four years ago when she was a U.S. senator. The, the, the hypocrisy is yeah. astounding and it's glaring. And, and I think that the American people you know, especially in a post-COVID world, as horrible as that time was, Don, I think it opened America's eyes to lots of different things, yeah. particularly what's going on in our schools with all this trans bullshit yeah. and all this propaganda being well, I, I want to hear kids. about that. because I think I, it's going to play out well. I, I want to hear what you say about it, because I think you're right. It was one of sort of the great self-owns of all time, right? They were doing this stuff. They were pushing it on our kids. They were sexualizing our children, jamming it down our throats. 
But like parents didn't even know about it. I knew some stories I could tell you from New York, you know, prior to sort of figuring it out. But when schools were now on video and kids were doing this, a mom would be walking by, you know, their kids on their computer and they're like, wait a second, what did you say about my kid? Like, they're, you know, and, and you see that now, but, you know, but that's what the left does again. Remember, you know, tolerance and acceptance of everything, right? We're, we're not grooming your children. It's like, and yet then they do stuff like what we saw last week, like the Dodgers inviting those, you know, the drag nuns for pride night. It's not about acceptance. They, they can, you know, commit atrocities against Christians. They can be blasphemous. They can do that. And we're, we just got to accept all of that because it, apparently it's, it's just part of that movement. Just like they're not actually grooming our children, but we want to remove, uh, you know, they want to remove children from households who don't just go blindly along with the gender affirming care or worse. Like, you know, they say these things in the, under the guise of tolerance, acceptance, but then they push the boundary further. You know, we don't want to do that, but if we did, it's okay, and here's why. And when they end up getting caught, inevitably, every time. You know, where's this going? I mean, Don, I'll tell you, you know, having come back from Afghanistan and saw politicians on both sides of the aisle slowly erode every freedom that we have in this country, take it for granted. Politicians going into the into office making 174 grand a year, solid salary, but end up being worth up to 20 years in office, 30 some million dollars. I mean, after a while, I started thinking like there is something deeply, deeply wrong. And then, and then I run for office and got to look behind the curtain. And by the way, you know, I've got you know, we're both Republicans, Don. I'm, uh, I've got many, many friends that are, are really strong, great Republican congressmen and women and senators as well. But I'm talking politics on both sides of the aisle here, man. Like you get a look behind that curtain running for office and it became very, very clear to me that the battle, the battle lines have been drawn in this country, that there, there really is. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. And I'm not a, you know, look, I'm Catholic, but I, I, I'm not like, I'm not a, a, a crazy Bible thumping Catholic. I mean, I believe in my faith. I'm a believer, like, you know, but there is a spiritual war happening in this country oh, yeah. every single day no, between it's, it's... good and evil, and it's ground zero. And and like imagine taking your children, right, to a baseball game, a sport that's supposed to be as American as apple pie. And and in this this um these uh men, these gay men that dress up like nuns that perform horrifying, you know. I mean, they're acting it out, but it's horrifying. Demonstrating sex acts on a crucifix outside of Dodger Stadium is disgusting. Yeah, and what do does that want, have to do with, like, the LGB, let's call None. it? You know what I mean? Before you None. get to the other Nothing. acronyms that have gone crazy, like, wait, like I, I have a feeling, like, the dudes in assless chaps in, like, the 60s and 70s probably <laughs> weren't people that made progress for, you know, just, let's just say, you know, the gay community in general. It was like, oh, that dude in accounting who happens to be gay and isn't jamming shit down my throat or force-feeding it to me. Like, you know, so when I see the extremes, I'd actually love to get your opinion on it. You know, you see, you know, the tuck-friendly, you know, bikini at Target because you really need to make sure that your kid has this, right? Like, kids that don't know anything about these things. You have the drag nuns doing blasphemous stuff. You have, uh, you know... I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Navy and their hiring of a drag queen influencer in the Navy. Like, because, you know what, hey, if recruitment numbers are down, what's the best way to get patriotic Americans to sign up to possibly <laughs> die for their country? Well, obviously, it's a fucking drag queen, right? Like, 
I mean, what are they thinking? No, but like you, listen, you bled, you had friends die in Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, your book about it's incredible. Like this is happening now in the military. Uh, you know, what is. is China and Russia thinking? Like, what are you thinking as someone who bled for our country? If this was going on there, I mean, you know, and when they're like, we can't figure out why recruitment numbers are down. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I would think a big part of the patriotism required to sign up to do that entails, like, actually believing, like, the key tenets of what you're actually fighting for. And if they're telling you that, you know, trans is the civil rights issue of our generation, it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. If you weren't jamming yeah. it down your shit, most, most people wouldn't even give a shit. But you have to commit blasphemy at a Dodgers game. You have to commit acts, sex acts in front of children. When someone says you can't have children at the places where you're explicitly for performing the sex act, you say, well, then we're not going to have it at all. I was like, wait, but I thought it had nothing to do with the kids. So if you weren't actually grooming them, if you weren't trying to have undue influence on a very young and impressionable mind, then why do you feel the need to cancel it when those people aren't there? I thought it had nothing to do with it. But of course it has something to do with it. It all does. So, you know, from a military perspective, you see that going on now. Um, what, what the hell's going on? I mean, I, I, I guess as an Army guy, you could have some fun with yeah. the Navy for it. But shit, I, I, I don't <laughs> think it makes you feel comfortable living in America and saying these are the people ultimately going to be defending us. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. You know, one of the things that you learn real quick, and I'll answer, I'll try to answer your question. Start with the military stuff and with the stuff at Target here. Yeah, that was a little long-winded. Um, Sorry. <laughs> get, no, get no, up. that's okay. I mean, there's so so many important questions in there, Don. I'll, I'll try to hit every single one. But, you know, first and foremost, so you learn real quickly that it doesn't, when you serve in the military, and I was in the infantry, and this was at a time where there were no women in the infantry, it was just men. Um, but you learn real quickly that you either you get, you're black, white, Christian, atheist, Jew, like, whatever um it doesn't matter what race creed or religion you are like you're only as fast as your slowest person right and your differences aren't dividing lines anymore you're all one you're all serving the united states of america there are no hyphenated americans in an infantry platoon in combat none of that shit matters you're americans you know galvanized and fighting yeah. in, in support of one mission Right. So when I see a lot of this stuff with the drag queen and putting forth other people's sexuality, I, I, I think it's completely ridiculous because, again, none of that matters. And when you hear people talk about, oh, God, drives me crazy. Well, diversity is our strength. Diversity is our strength. And well, you know, they can't tell you why, it, though. Right? They can't tell you why. But you, you yeah. just have to well, hear that. Listen, just like I, it was the safest election ever. No one knows why. No one can explain how, like, <laughs> a know. bunch of mail-in ballots for the first time ever was the safest and most secure ever. But, like, if the people <laughs> that the Democrats, the media, big tech deem to be the voice of that thing, then it just is, even if there's actually no evidence and even if that's obviously bullshit. Right, look, exactly. So when you when you hear the, the propaganda phrase, right, that's trotted out by Democrats and Republicans, Republicans alike, you know, it's it's intellectually lazy, but diversity is our strength. That's only half the sentence. Actually, unity beyond our many differences as Americans is our greatest strength. Yeah, diversity is part of it. We're a melting pot, but we melt into something. We melt into Americans. And in the military, 
your your differences don't divide you. Like you you yeah. you cannot be focused on that bullshit. You just can't, Don. When the bullets are flying and you're worried about the man or woman next to you in the trenches and whether or not they live or die that day. You're not thinking about you're, you're thinking about getting out of there alive. You're not thinking about sexuality. You're not thinking about drag queens. All none of that stuff matters. So why, why then, is our military leading with those things yeah. as if that's going to bring patriots into the military and attract people to serve? It doesn't, right? It doesn't. And so, you know, the military wonders why the recruiting num numbers are hurting. I think that they can turn that gaze internally and and i mean there are some like it's this kind of shit that's driving people away right and ultimately the real scary part of all this don is that it weakens it weakens our country and, well, and your like stuff about it, target and the kids like i, I feel I, like some of it's well, like i mean the dodgers would never have you know a group of people you know desecrating the quran right it, it feels exactly. like they, they would never yeah. do it to another group that could be considered, you know, a protected class. They would never allow that to happen to Muslims. But if you do Christians, it's like, ah, eh, it's fine. Catholics, I do. It doesn't matter. You, you can go. Uh, you know, they they cancel it because that was the right thing to do. Then there's a little bit of outcry, and they cave, you know, to that within two seconds. Uh, and then, you know, they do it anyway. It it just never ends. And yet, if you did it to a different class. Other than, I guess, you know, if it was white Christians, they are, that's like the most expendable. You can just do whatever you want to them. They no longer matter. They can't have a say in this country anymore. They're not protected. If, you know, if you're trans, I'd say today, trans is like the ultimate form of privilege in America. You can do and say just about anything. I think South Park did a great skit on that, which is like, sir, you can't do this. No, no, I'm trans. Oh, in that case, do whatever the fuck you want, because like, you know, the, you, laws no longer apply to you. And But that continues. And to see it in the military is what scares me the most. I mean, does it make you that much more, uh, you know, upset and maybe that much more, you know, in, in desire of an overhaul of our priorities inside the Pentagon and inside our military when you were over there, you know, fighting for this? I mean, did you ever have a conversation with people in the Taliban and ask them their pronouns? I mean, I, I'd pay good money to see this shit. Like, I, it would be, I, I imagine it would be incredible. Well, I mean, certainly there, there's that component of it when you when you look at it, like what do our enemies think of us? And you want ultimately you want them to be afraid of our military and afraid of bold, decisive action from our leadership. Right now, our enemies are not, and they're on the march. And you're seeing that manifest itself in you know a geopolitical conflict uh, conflict in Ukraine with Ukraine and Russia, which, by the way, the way things are going now, there's going to be a ten year stalemate. There's oh, yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. As long it. as the money is headed. flowing, it will continue forever, right? And, you know, right. all the Ukrainian right. young men, and, you know, will, will die. Vladimir Zelensky will move to L.A. and live in a mansion with the billions of dollars he's amassed. He'll be fine. You know, it's the actual people doing the fighting. You know, they're, they're fucked, but, you know, minor details. No one's going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, and then you look at what's happening with Taiwan. I think Blinken was in... Um, and, and met with in, in China today with President Xi and, and said something during a press conference and I'm and said something about like he doesn't support a free and independent Taiwan. I mean, so when our enemies don't fear us and our enemies don't fear our leaders and bold, decisive action of our leaders, it does not bode well for our country. Of course. Um, not. And 
and, and, you know, you talk about like, what, what can our military do? Oh my God. There's about a million and one things that I would do right now. Like right now we talked about Ukraine and Russia, but over the last 20 years, Don, and this is a really, really important thing to talk about. We, we evolved our force to fight largely an asymmetric threat. We went from fighting Soviet era, Russia, an army that was built to fight Soviet era, Russian conventional yeah. threats to asymmetric terror and we evolved into what's called brigade combat teams to do it we've been fighting asymmetric wars against islamic extremists for the last 20 years iraq afghanistan and contingency operations all around the world russia is a conventional threat so to people that are listening or watching what does that mean it means that as of right now our military does not have stinger missiles surface to air anti-aircraft missiles in direct support of infantry battalions or infantry companies on the ground so god forbid if we find ourselves in a situation with boots on the ground in ukraine fighting a conventional russian force with tanks and air power how do we fight back we've not sufficiently modernized our force and evolved it away now from a fighting a, a global insurgency or, or counterinsurgency to fighting a more conventional Russian threat and then, and God forbid, a threat in China. None of that work has been done. None of that work has been talked about. And, and, and the only thing, getting back to the, the drag queen as a, as a Navy recruiter, like that's the stuff that's being talked about. And it's dangerous. Yeah, and, and, and I, I listen. I, I think Russia's probably. Uh, you know, I'm worried about this thing escalating. You know, we find out about actual boots on the ground. That shouldn't surprise anyone who's been watching. They've been, you know, they've been instigating this war for a while. It seems, you know, they want Ukraine. It's fertile ground. They'll use it to, you know, the World Economic Forum will take it over, and they'll be the farm for the, you know, their globalist agenda. And it seems like that's what they're doing. And. Uh, you know, will instigate Vladimir Putin. I mean, you know, what's the worst he could do with 6,000-something nuclear missiles, right? But, you know, in a conventional war, you know, I guess Russia should be relatively depleted uh, right now, uh, you know, as much as we are, because we've been basically, you know, we've been fighting the proxy war. Ukraine has nothing with it if it wasn't for the U.S. kind of keeping this going. And uh, the agenda for that seems pretty obvious. But the real threat, I mean, China... I mean, what could we possibly do against China? They got 1.7 billion people. They could have more people in an army, uh, in a standing army, than we have people, if, if that's what they wanted to do. And they actually have the ability to produce the stuff. Uh, they're stealing all our tech. And, you know, for pennies on the dollar, they'll improve it after we spend trillions in R&D. They steal it. We say nothing. We allow them continue, just like corporate America has, because, you know, we need them... We need to make it for two cents cheaper there rather than putting Americans to work. So, I mean, that seems like the bigger threat. How on earth could we, you know, fight a war against a China? We're going we're gonna to fight the Ukraine proxy war and we're going to help Taiwan against China, which is, you know, what, 50 miles away? Like, I mean, you can't think that we have a chance if you're a serious individual at this point. Well, I mean, and, and this is part of the reason why you know, it, it's it's so dangerous for our country to have leaders like Joe Biden, right? None of this happened, Don, when your dad was president yeah. because they actually were afraid of your father and they were afraid of decisive action. And, and, and by the way, it, like your father's tariffs on China put a real hurting on their economy. And the right. fact that it, within a year of your father's presidency, this country was energy independent. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Yeah. But not only that, we were a net energy exporter. Who does that hurt the most? It hurts Russia. I mean, how many times have you heard the Mitt Romney's of the world and, and, and John McCain's of the world trot out, well, Russia is just a gas station. Well, okay, if, if you really 
despise Putin, then you should want America exporting natural gas. Because if natural gas is Russia's main pillar of their economy, well, then us being a, a global exporter, dominant global force exporting natural gas, it crushes Russia. But yeah. Joe Biden doesn't do that either. He decimates oil and gas industry here in this country. And because of that, it emboldens Russia. They're ex the, the whole reason why their economy hasn't collapsed, not only that, their economy's growing, is because they're exporting their natural gas everywhere. Because well, that, we've that, the allowed sanctions them were to designed to void. smother them, but instead the sanctions gave Russia an excuse with Saudi and an excuse with China to basically get off the petrodollar. They'll they'll change they'll go in their exactly. own currency. So the dollar we actually shot ourselves in the foot. All the the only thing I can say that maybe good comes from it is that like the U.S. will be incapable of borrowing, so we won't be writing, you know, $10 million checks to Pakistan to fund their very own drag queen story hours because we won't have enough money to fund anything. I'm not saying that's good, but I'm saying our way of life has been jeopardized by those sanctions. And, you know, the reckless spending that sort of the permanent petrodollar has allowed us to actually do as Americans. You eliminate that, which is what the sanctions have done so far, uh, and that's really scary economically at this point, beyond beyond even sort of the geopolitical ramifications. Of course, we're making it easier for Putin. All he's got to do is pump gas. He's going to keep doing that. They will do it under no environmental scrutiny, no environmental care. They'll just do it, whereas we could do it, put Americans to work, have the energy independence, have the political assuredness that comes with that. But no, no, no. We, we got to somehow magically do it with a windmill, which, you know, it, it's insane, but that's where we are because we we have the left especially has these sort of little religions right you know climate change is a religion of the left their deity being you know greta thunberg you have you know the ukraine war <laughs> is a new religion of the left with you know high priestess vladimir Zelensky. it never ends fauci uh was the high priest of <laughs> of the covid religion which is the left because they don't believe in anything else so they create these things as they go, and it's all a detriment to America, our hegemony in the world, uh, and our economy, because they don't care. They'll be taken care of. Well, that that's exactly right. I mean, you're 100% right in terms of the left views their politics as a religion, and, and therefore, and they, they, they approach it with the same zealotry that, that many people who are religious approach their own religions with. And so the ends justify the means for, for many of them, which is why you have all these crazy radicals on television talking about like, oh, well, it's, what is, somebody had a, a congressman talking about shooting, shooting your father, which she should, she, frankly, she should be investigated by the Secret Service in, in, in jail. But hey, Sean, know, I got, I got news for you. She won't be. She won't be. She won't because be. If I did it, I would be. That's different. You know, but it's just, you know, exactly. the double standard is there. I mean, listen, at this point, when you look at the weaponized Justice Department and Joe Biden literally arresting his top political opponents, you know, are Americans justified being more concerned about internal threats versus the external ones? I mean, I'd argue that, you know, our deep state, uh, a weaponized DOJ run by radical Democrat extremists, ones that will literally label concerned parents domestic terrorists, for not wanting their children indoctrinated with the leftist bullshit, uh, I view that as a far greater threat to America than anything 
that Vladimir Putin is doing right now, provided we don't give him the excuse to escalate to nuclear weapons. And we are the ones doing that. Moving NATO and having the conversation about moving NATO onto Russia's border, eliminating the, I don't know, 500-mile buffer zone that has stood for 60 years in, during the Cold War, Ukraine, you know, Maybe he was going to do it anyway. Maybe he wanted to, but we sure as shit gave him an excuse to actually invade that country, and like we're pretending we had nothing to do with it. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, because I would argue right now that I'm actually more concerned as an American with our internal threats of this weaponized system oh. of government than I am anything that Vladimir Putin could do to us. Yeah, I mean, Don, you just got done talking about how the Chinese are, st are stealing our trade secrets and then improving upon them without any investment in in terms of cognitive ability uh sweat equity in terms of scientific investment or, or or monetary investment right yet our fbi is more concerned with investigating pro-life activists than stopping yeah. chinese espionage and infiltration in this country so yeah like it what's happening right now domestically is a far greater threat but e even even building on that don like americans right now like the middle class is really struggling. Like I'm a middle class guy and life is not easy in a, in a Biden yeah. administration. We have all sorts of concerns today that we did not have when your father was president, right? It, you know, groceries cost exponentially more. Commodities are like two or three times today what they were when your dad was president. You know, I remember there was a time when, when, when your dad was in office and gas was a dollar 82 a gallon. And now it's like, four dollars and 35 cents yeah. a gallon every well, but, time but sean i'm told car, i'm told hurts. by the left that joe biden had nothing to do with the prices going up but when they came down like 20 cents <laughs> he it was all yeah. it was all him but but i mean that's what it is though it, it's it's that level of bullshit you know they can take credit for anything good and they're totally absolved of anything uh when it's bad it's clearly their policies clearly their you know, every aspect of it, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline on day one, on the debate stage in front of millions yeah. of Americans, that's never going to happen. Day one executive order. But, like, th there's no consequence to the lie. There's no consequence to this. That's why I do. I, I, I genuinely think the internal threats within our country are far greater than the external threats. Sure, if Vladimir Putin could launch nuclear weapons, if we don't give him an excuse to, he's not going to. But, like, doesn't stop the left from indoctrinating our children uh, you know, wanting to take children away from parents who don't go along with the newest religion of trans, you know, shit that people never even heard of. Five years ago, you'd laugh. You'd think that we were being parodied about what's actually going mm -hmm. on in the United States right now, about the hills to die on on today's radical left agenda. And yet, they're serious. There's legislation in states to take children away from parents who don't just blindly follow through with their children as young as three Telling them that, you know, they're a magical biological sex that no one's ever heard of and they have to go through permanent life-altering surgery. Like, the fact that so few are actually willing to say this and be like, I don't know, I'm calling bullshit, is ludicrous to me. But here we stand. Yeah. It's it's a scary time, Don. And I think many Americans, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of five years ago, we never thought we'd be here. And I think many Americans are afraid to speak out because if they do... They could, yeah. I mean, they could lose their jobs. They could lose their livelihood. They could lose their ability to provide for their family. God forbid they could lose their children if they don't agree with gender affirming care, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this is why what we talked about in the very beginning, the collusion 
between big government and all of these powerful entities. Like there used to be a time in America when the left said, screw the government, the go don't trust the government, you know, uh, but the left today, like oddly things have flipped. And now it's Republicans that are saying, don't trust the government and the oh, left. Yeah. We're, uh, Republicans are anti-establishment right now. We're the only party that's actually anti-establishment. Yes. Everyone else is, do what your teacher tells you, and that is the only way. And if you exactly. question that, that's not called thought. Even if you end up being wrong, like I used to remember where critical thinking was actually a skill that was like desirable. It was actually something you wanted someone to be able to do. Now it's not that. Now we have rote memorization, random regurgitation of the narrative and the narrative is controlled by the radical left and it you know even if it goes against uh all of science and everything we've known we are to believe that they can change it you know in, in the blink of an eye and, and if you don't go along you know uh you're racist or you're a climate change denier one of the two because literally all of the left's problems can be solved somehow by i guess or caused by white supremacy and climate change because that there's nothing else that they go with anymore it doesn't nothing even matters because they're not serious people I mean, and it's crazy when you hear Republicans talk about, oh, we shouldn't engage in the culture war. That's all the left does. That's why they they want children at drag queen shows. Like, yeah. look, you're a grown ass man and you want to go to a, a drag show uh, with a, a bunch of other consenting adults, more power to you. I don't really care, but keep my damn kids out of it, yeah. you know? Kids but don't need to You're not to allowed see to say stuff. that. When, when people say it, they, they, I mean, they, how many people have been canceled for, you know, he commented on that. You, you saw that there were a couple of ball players. like, hey, man, just leave the children alone. You know, I think it was like Call of Duty. One of the things went like crazy leftist. And he just just leave the kids alone. Like, it's not that complicated. Like, we literally have a legal system exactly. designed to protect minors. Like, they can't make life-altering decisions prior to the age of 18. You always needed parental consent. This is not a novel concept. This is nothing new. And yet... The left in like the last 18 months would seemingly eliminate that so that they can take the most impressionable group of society, young children, trying to learn as young as three or younger, and be like, well, you're going to do whatever your teacher tells you. You know, a teacher who's I you mean, know more than happy to indict. You know, when I was that age, I, I, I used to think I was a fucking airplane, but my parents didn't let me jump off a building. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, had a, I had a wild imagination. They, they, they allowed me to, you know, flourish with that, but not take it so far that I would permanently harm myself. But today the left, I, listen, maybe it solves all of its own problems because if the left allows them to happen, it's it sort of, let's call it natural selection. You know, they take themselves out, but like, I don't think that's the way we want to live. I don't, I don't encourage that. I don't want anyone to do that. But, man, it feels like it's going that way. How do you think this all plays Don, out? Don, I, Melanie and I had the kids at Costco like a couple weeks ago. And they wouldn't even give my daughters uh, like a free sample of the food. You know, they got free samples of food in Costco. They wouldn't even give one of my daughters a sample of food without uh, consent from their parents. But Melly and I were talking, but these kids can walk into a school and Sean, talk to it's any okay. psychologist. Food could be poisonous, but, <laughs> but you should be able to decide at three if you're going to chop your dick off. And like, how dare you? How dare you, parent? How dare you question this? Uh, you know, you're clearly, it's absolutely you know, ridiculous. Anti-trans or what? I, I, I do think, 
I think the left overplayed their hand here. And this is why you yeah. see, you know, Latinos who for 40 years have voted Democrat, right? But now I think they're waking up because many of those people are very devout Christians. They don't want this stuff foisted on their kids and they're speaking out. And you know what the media is doing? They're writing articles about the rise of Latino white or the white supremacist Latinos. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think that there was Muslim like a groups on school boards. Yeah. The yeah, black yeah, white supremacist. Why is he a white supremacist? Well, because he doesn't agree <laughs> with the Democrat narrative. Like, you know, they'll do whatever they can to take him out. And, you know, yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely mind-blowing. Listen, do you think Joe Biden, do you think they can, you know, limp this guy through another campaign? Or do you think there's something, you know, in there a little bit more nefarious to get someone else, perhaps even more radical, to, to step in when, you know, when this guy inevitably falls over? Look, I don't. It's hard to imagine looking at Joe Biden today, Don, that he is going to make it through a campaign. And I don't think that they want him running a campaign. It, frankly, if if I am a high-ranking Democrat that has any sway over anything, I think I'm going for Gavin Newsom. He looks the part. You know, he's going to he's going to play the part. He's going to pretend to be a moderate. The media, the media is going to fly cover for this guy. Um, okay, the only problem with that, that is it pick. goes against the cardinal rules of identity politics of the left. How do you go True. to Gavin Newsom, a <laughs> yes. white male, bypassing Kamala Harris, who I'm told uh, is, you know, an African-American woman? Like, that, that, you know, how do they do that? Because I, I think that's what the problem is with Joe Biden. As bad as he is, and even they know it, like, you look at Joe Biden and you feel sorry for him. Okay, like, you know, his... His Justice Department is trying to literally throw my father in prison for 450 years. And, like, I don't <laughs> hate the guy because so I know he, there's no one home. It's like, you know, the hamster wheel is barely spinning and, you know, what's coming out of it is, is garbage. So, you know, it's hard to hate him. Whereas you can take, you know, just any random clip of Kamala Harris and you can turn her into Hillary. It's just hateable. But oh how, do they, buy, yeah, how it, do they do it? You know, what's this scheme that the Democrats will use to bypass Kamala Harris to be able to get in someone that at least, you know, on paper can, you know, maybe let's just say dupe because it, it'll it'll all be about fooling the American populace into thinking that they're not radical because the Democrat Party today would never put anyone that's not radical. Just look at what they did to Connor Lamb versus John Fetterman. Like, they could have had a reasonable, let's call it, I don't even think he's that moderate, but like moderate relative to no, he's not, an insane yeah. lunatic like John Fetterman. And they were like, no, no, no. We don't want like the clean cut dude. We want the guy that will release murderers. You know, the guy that thinks, you know, <laughs> uh, children of the age of three should obviously have trans surgeries without parental consent. And we should throw the parents in jail, you know, if they have a problem <laughs> with this. You know, so I don't know how you get there. They, because whoever they end up choosing, because it's not about elections, they will choose whoever it is, needs to be just as radical as whoever is pulling, you know, the the marionette strings on Joe Biden. Well, I mean, my answer to that question is is fairly simple, uh, at least according, at least I believe it is, is the left has standards for everybody else and they don't follow their own standards. They, some of the most racist people on the face of the planet are radical leftists today who see identity politics and everything, right? Uh, Republicans don't think like that. Republicans don't see skin color. Republican, and one of the yeah. greatest propaganda schemes in the history of modern politics 
are the Democrats convincing people that Republicans are racist. When the Democrats were the ones who founded the KKK. I mean, well, because like history Biden is racist, Sean. Eulogized. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, Biden eulogized a member. What well, like a grand well, we, we talked about this in the last show, but a grand a grand cyclops. I got fact checked for it because it wasn't a grand cyclops, it was just a grand wizard. I mean, oh, or I, whatever the hell it was. Biden I'm sorry, Sean, Sean, you're a, a terrible human. Only a Democrat would know the distinction. Okay, I don't even know the difference in the hierarchy of the KKK because these are not my people. But if you're a Democrat, you know, you probably have a solid understanding of it because that was the Democrat Party, certainly in the South exactly. and elsewhere. But, you know, again, the fact that they've been able to lie so well, take over all of culture, take over the areas, the institutions, and be able to somehow frame that as Republicans just shows you how much, A, how much more evil they are, but... You know, they're just better at this shit than Republicans, and that's because we're not willing to engage. So that's why we have to become unafraid. We must exactly. understand that if we're so worried about, you know, some of the consequences of being vocal, of speaking up, of being a conservative, and there are real consequences, like, there will be nothing left to actually defend uh, in, a, in a couple more cycles, if not this cycle, right? I mean, look at everything they're taking back. Look at all the lies that have been propagated. And if we allow it, like... I mean, I guess we deserve to lose it because if we're not willing to fight for it, then, you know, who is? You have to fight for it and you have to do so in a way that's unafraid. And that does not come without risk. I mean, getting in the arena, you know, bring your helmet, you know, because yeah. you're going to need it. It's a, it's a fight. But the future of our country is at stake. And the whole reason why I ran on was so that you know looking in the eyes of my kids i made myself a promise man when i came back from afghanistan i used to pray over there all the time and i used to say like god somehow i get out of here alive you know I i'm gonna throw everything that i have into raising good kids and making sure that my kids don't have to come to a country like this and fight where i was but also make sure that my they, they inherit a nation that is free and rich with opportunity yep. their future is at stake. And so we have to fight for them to make sure that the America that they grow up in is better than the one that we had. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. And that's going to come with risk. The left is going to come after you mercilessly, but we only got, in my mind, a few years left before yeah. America is fundamentally unrecognizable. And by the way, the left tells you that that's their mission every day to fundamentally dismantle systems and to fundamentally transform America. When they say that, they mean tearing it down brick by brick and who the hell knows what it will look like when they're done. Yeah, listen, when, when they say it, you know, start believing them. I, I, I agree, Sean. Thanks for all that you do with this. It's, a, it's so important. And, and you're right. You know, other places that we looked at like that, you know, look at Australia, uh, look at New Zealand, look at Canada, look at the UK, all these places that we thought were bastions of freedom. I mean, you know, people are Such getting thrown point. in jail for missing pronouns. You know, you, you misgender someone. Exactly. It's not nearly the offense as a migrant who rapes a young child. No, that's different. They, you know, that's, that's only, you know, they're getting a fraction of the sentence of the guy that committed a grammatical error. <laughs> it's, it's lunacy, but it's happening. So, Sean, you're 100% right. Thank you for doing this. Guys, for those of you, what do we do? What do we do? Stay in the game. Be unafraid. Make sure others see this kind of messaging. Go check out Sean's podcast uh, as well. You know, we need to do this. It's unconventional warfare, guys. The mainstream, even on, you know, the conservative mainstream is not on our side either. 
We have to do it ourselves. We can't do that without you guys. So like, subscribe, uh, download the Rumble app so you can see it. Share it with your friends. Follow Sean. Check him out on social. Just a great American. Sean, thanks so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, brother. Anytime you need me, I'm there for you. Take care, Don. Thank you, man. We'll see you soon. And guys, before we go, just want to take a second just to thank, again, the brave sponsors of the show. Just like there's consequences to being a vocal conservative, there's consequences to programming like this. So I want you to check out the folks at Gold Co. by going to donjuniorgold.com. That's D-O-N-J-R gold.com. Learn about precious metals, what they can do for diversification. You understand what's happening. You see the banks collapsing. You see inflation. You see interest rates going through the roof. It's like 2008 all over again. Like we can't just you know, spend our way out of this. Eventually you're gonna come and you're gonna have to pay the piper. I just want you to be prepared for that. Also guys, check out the folks at Blackout Coffee. You People who support what you believe in, you're gonna be drinking coffee anyway. So. Do it with a brand that supports your conservative values, is American-made, owned, and operated. Uh, just good, patriotic people. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Jr. for 20% off your first order. That's blackoutcoffee slash D-O-N-J-R. And also, guys, you're going to have a cell phone. Check out the incredible folks at Patriot Mobile. You can support companies like, I don't know, you know AT&T, who was trying to cancel... Uh, OAN and Newsmax and wanted to get rid of that. Their parent company was doing that on cable. Uh, I'd say not exactly uh, people who believe in free speech, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, or anything else that the people at Patriot Mobile give back to. So go get free activation at patriotmobile.com slash triggered, as in the podcast, T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D. You'll get free activation. You'll support companies that give back to the causes that you believe in. Uh, a company like Patriot Mobile that supports fighting to get conservatives elected onto school boards so we can end the indoctrination of our children. It's why the media wants to hate them. But if you're going to have a cell phone, do it with patriots like the people at Patriot Mobile. Check them out. Guys, uh, we'll be back here on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in as always. Again, like, share, get it out there. Uh, no one's going to help us in this fight other than you guys. That's why we do it. You're the best. I'll see you then. If you're on uh, Locals, I'm going to go do the AMA over there right now. I will see you there in a second. You guys are the best. Be well. See you on Thursday.